Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Behind the Business Scene, presented by Abado Media, and your host, Brian Amato. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's Ryan Amato. Today, we're going to talk to everybody about bad reviews. So you got a bad review. Listen, we all are going to get bad reviews, no matter what you do, uh, especially if you're in a service business like a painting company, a a carpentry company, an electrician, anything like that, Um, even a restaurant. Uh, if If you go online right now and just search any business, you're going to see uh, just a horrendous review somewhere in all their reviews. It happens. It's going to happen. There's nothing you can do about it. So uh, we're going to talk today about how to deal with it, what happens when you get that review, why does it hurt so much, how to get over that hurt, and you know some tips to, to help avoid those bad ones. So so you got a bad review. You y'all get them. You know if you if you use Angie's List or or um, Google, whatever system you use, send you an email and says you know Lisa has left you a review, and you can see that it's not that five star review from Google. It's it's a one star, and generally it's you know paragraph after paragraph on how you've wronged them. So. What happens with a bad review, it's very personal. Some, some, for some reason, they felt that you've wronged them, and they're going to express it in the longest rant that they possibly can because they want to directly affect your business. That's the only reason. Um, they're not putting up a bad review to, to just express how they feel. They also want to express how they feel and ruin your business any way they possibly can. So you, you have to consider who's leaving the reviews i'm going to say you have to feel sorry for them i'm going to get to that later but listen guys you know we have gotten some bad reviews over the years but in the grand scheme of things if if you went through our reviews and it took me a while to learn this you know if we have 100 great reviews and you have five bad ones i mean that's a pretty good average. You're not going to get 100 reviews and they're all going to be great. It's not going to happen. There's no way to do it. 
even if you're the only person on the job site, some things are going to happen. You're going to run into that client who's just never going to be happy. You're going to make a mistake on a job one day and they're not going to let you fix it or let you live it down. And they're going to let you know about it. So realize that you're going to get a bad review. It's going to happen. Don't forget about the good ones. Those good ones mean a lot. You know how hard it is to get a review. Um, And when somebody leaves you one, good or bad, you have to answer them. Go on, thank them for the review. Don't get into a, a, a pissing match with them if it was a bad one. Don't tell them that they were wrong. Just you know, state your facts. Thank you for the review, um, and move on from there. So, what happens when you get that bad review? Here's what you need to do. Number one, you need to get on there and get good reviews from your other clients. You need to bury that bad review. You don't want that bad review sitting up at the top of your your Google site or your whatever else you use, um, Home Advisor, Yelp. Yelp is a different story. Uh, there's not much you can do there. Uh, you know, I, some of these sites you have to take for uh, for what for a grain of salt uh, for what they are. Yelp is very weird. Even we get good reviews and they don't even put them up. Um, to have a review stick on Yelp, you've you've had the bid on Yelp for a long time, and it just seems like anybody on Yelp who leaves a review. Uh, is a professional reviewer who just loves to leave reviews, and typically they're bad ones. So not much you can do there. You need to move on. So we want to get your clients to leave good reviews. How do you do that? You can you can send emails out. Um, you're not really supposed to ask for reviews, but but you can ask what their experience was and have a link to your review. There's nothing wrong with that. Um you could you could make sure you have some kind of policy in effect at the end of the job where you hand them a report card that you want them to tell you how the job went. I think that's very important to get feedback and see how everything's going. And then say, hey, you know, if you if you would like, you know, you can always leave a review on any of the social media platforms. Um, we have a good track record on getting reviews. We have a lot of reviews. Mostly are all great. Some are over the top great. Um, some are bad. It happens. So why did we get that that bad review? I want to talk about that. Um, it could be it could be many different things. It could be somebody who who just loves to leave reviews with anything that they buy, purchase, or experience in their life, and that's going to be that could be a good thing if the job goes good. It could be a bad thing. Um, you can usually see on somebody's review when you click on their little tab, you'll be able to see all their other reviews. That's a telltale sign. I mean, people can see through um, BS. You know, if you have a bad review and it's 14 paragraphs long and it's like the end of the world happened because you spilled a little bit of paint on their floor, well, you know what? Um, what are you going to do about that? I mean, obviously, you can clean the paint up, paint comes up the floor, people make mistakes. If somebody can't forgive you for a little mistake and give you the opportunity to correct it, um, that's not somebody you want to work for anyway. And, you know, we have a list for those type of people. But you still have to do your best. You have to do everything you possibly can to make that job right before you leave that house. Um, you want to make sure everything was was as expected. If something does go wrong, just fix it. That's all. Now, the issue comes into play when they didn't tell you something was wrong. 
So you finish the job, you think everything's great, they paid you, and then two weeks later you get that bad review. Why didn't they say something? Everything was great, they cooked you breakfast, they you know, they said good morning, they smiled at you every day, they talked to you all day long, and then bam, they hit you with a bad review. Well, what are you going to do about that one? There's not much you can do about that one. You want to call that customer right away and, and discuss it and ask why they why they would do that and what we can do to rectify it. Um, but if the job is already done, everything's cleaned up, and there's nothing to even go back and correct, that's hard to do. I, I think people who, who leave bad reviews have to also think about the the implications of that review. It's not just, you know, making them feel better because they left you a bad review. It's hurting your future business. And most businesses are family-based. You know, we're not Walmart. Um, we're not, you know, McDonald's and things like that where there's you know, millions of stores and uh, they can handle a couple bad reviews. When you get a bad review, it hurts. It could hurt future business. You know, if somebody doesn't really look through the, the review and, and take it with a grain of salt and they take it for 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 whatever it says, whether it's true or not, that can definitely affect future business. Also, you have the bad thing of competitors leaving reviews um, or people who've never even worked for you leaving reviews. That's that's another bad thing. So what happens on the job? You could have a customer leave a review. They're professional reviewers. They love to leave bad reviews, good reviews, um, middle-of-the-road reviews. You're going to run into those people, and they're looking for any reason to leave a review. The second reason for a bad review is just a bad job. You did a bad job. It's going to happen. Not every job you have is going to be perfect. You're go if you're a painter, you're going to spill some paint on floors here and there. It's going to happen. Happens to me. Happens to me when I'm doing stuff in my own house. You know, you you kick the you kick the bucket, um, for lack of a better term, and and you spilled some paint. It dripped off your brush. It splattered from the roller cover. Um, these things happen. It doesn't warrant a horrendously bad review because it can be cleaned up. And it was a mistake. And trust me, if you follow people around in their in their life who left you that bad review, they're making mistakes too. Everybody makes mistakes. Allowing somebody to correct a mistake is is a good personality trait, and they're the type of people that you want to be around. So you could you could have had a bad job. You could have a job that was perceived bad, but really isn't. What do I mean by that? You know when you go on the estimate and you meet, let's just say you meet the husband, and he's not really into the estimate. You're trying to walk through the house, and he's just, he's either on the phone or he's on his laptop or... Um, he's rushing you through the house and yeah, just paint the walls and yeah, that, that should be fine. And, you know, you point out the little prep issues on the walls. Maybe there's some nail pops. Maybe there's a crack here and there. And you explain to him how the job's going to go. But guess what? It didn't mean anything because once the job starts, the person really in charge was his wife. So now what? The husband's gone. He was really nice and didn't care at all on the estimate. Now you have the wife, or, or it could be any. It could be flipped. It could be boyfriend, girlfriend. It could be uh, a roommate. It, it could be anybody. The whole scenario could switch. But that second person is just a bear to work with. 
you're never happy. What you're doing is not enough. It's not what they expected. But but wait, they weren't on the estimate, so who cares what they expected? That's true, and you're right, but now you're living it. You're in that job. You're working for the person that you never met. What do you do? You try to explain to them the the process of your of your job and how prep is going to go and what you guys have included in your contract. But trust me, when you start throwing contractual wording around to somebody who you've never met and is already in a bad mood, they're not going to listen to it. So you're stuck. You got to finish the job. You can try to get a hold of the other person that you met at the estimate and, and plead your case that they never explained all this to you. And this is what you're offering. You can, you can hold, you can hold your ground and just say, this is what we're doing. And this is all that we're doing. Or you have to bend a little bit and give them a little bit and they have to give you a little bit. Each different scenario, um, is different and you have to, you have to judge it by, um, the feedback that you're getting from the person. It's a tough situation. You have to ask on the estimate who's going to be your main point of contact when that job starts. It's so important um, because it never fails. If, if, if the scenario switches and you met with the wife and now the husband's in charge or you met with the husband and now the wife is in charge of that job, it's, it's rarely a team effort. Somebody is the stronger one of the two and has very high demands. So, there that's another uh, way that a job can go wrong so you have you know bad quality you've made some mistakes you have somebody who's just never happy and then you have the scenario of the person you're working for is not the person you've met that's also a good one um, expectations is the last one expectations are so important let's just take the scenario of exterior painting so we live in Pennsylvania, we live in an area that has a lot of older homes. Older homes are made of wood. Wood's been painted, you know, 20, 30 times over 100 years. And it has many different surface layers and bumps, nooks and crannies. And it's it's just not brand new smooth wood. It's not going to be brand new smooth wood. And you have to explain that on your estimate. If you don't, People expect it to be brand new smooth wood. Whether we're talking about exterior wood trim, whether we're talking about interior plaster walls, people for some reason expect everything to look brand new when it's over 100 years old and it's not going to happen. You have to clearly say, you know, we can make this look better, but it's not going to be perfect. You know, it never fails. I'll say this on an estimate and I I, want to say, exactly what they should expect and you can see people's faces they kind of get taken back because every other estimator has told them it's going to look beautiful and they're going to do a great job and it's going to look perfect everyone you know this because when you tell them that it's not it's like you you've stole their puppy from them but if you don't tell them the truth and they're expecting you to do a perfect job and but even if you haven't said that they're getting different estimates confused. So they might have met three other painting contractors. And when you get out to the job and you've won the job, now they have all these different estimates uh, mangled up in their head. They don't remember that, you know, XYZ painting told me that they're not going to fix all the nail pops because ABC painting told me they're going to fix all the nail pops and it's going to look perfect. Now you're, you're taking on that other painting company's estimate. 
because they're confused and you didn't write it in your proposal exactly how you're going to do it. Have a very clear proposal with exactly what you will do and exactly what you will not do. And that's what you're going to point back to if you have any issues on the job. So we talked about why you got a bad review, what to do when you got a bad review, and how you got a bad review. To avoid these, the only things you can do is, is again, make sure that you've laid out clear expectations. You've written these in your proposal. And another great tip is to review the same proposal even after it's accepted on the first day of the job before you start doing any work. So that's it, guys. You're going to get bad reviews. You know, don't make it the end of the world. We understand that um, you take your work seriously. Um, It's very personal when you're doing any kind of service business, whether you're delivering food whether you're serving food, cooking food, whether you're painting somebody's house, whether you're running electric wires, it's it's all personal. You take your, your work very personally and seriously. When somebody leaves you that bad review, it's like they told you your kid was ugly. So it's going to happen. Make sure you take the tips that I just laid out here with you. It can help you out a long way. And uh, if you get one, you get one. Don't stress it. Move on and get some good ones. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you're looking for social media content for your contracting business, painting contractors, carpenters, electricians, any type of contractor, please check us out on Instagram at Amato Media or check us out on LinkedIn. We can definitely help you all out. So have a great day.